Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Father John, Father Nathan Goble. Greetings. Good to be back with you today. We are uh, beginning the toast here to St. Bruno. Cheers. Chin chin. Chin chin. A little uh, chartreuse today is our uh, drink of choice. Chartreuse, of course. That's the loon. Pretty soon we're gonna b- bring the loon all the way into the into the podcast. The loon clock. It's it's always a little ominous. It's like, oh, so what's gonna happen right now? The Vavulfs. But if you want to know more about chartreuse, you can go back to the early days of the podcast right. to one called uh, the Grand Chartreuse, the chart house that Saint Bruno founded the Carthusians. Anyways, not our topic. Not our topic. But it's good to be with you, Father Nathan. We're here in his man cave, and uh, we've got our podcast set up. He's got the glorious uh, Illini flag draped behind him. Right. And I have the flag of Switzerland behind us here in our new studio, which is coming together piece by piece. Yeah. But again, it's good to be back. Just a quick note on last week. So culture stuff you should know popped in last week onto the feed. And not to confuse you, what that is is we want to get something out every Thursday. But because there's just two of us right now, oh. every once in a while, every once in a while, we're going to need a little help. So they're just going to kind of pop one of those guys out for us. And so oh, that's what they did last that's week. That's what it is. I was on silent retreat. Yeah. Oh, we haven't so, talked about this yet. So yeah, we're I'm do- just learning about this. We're doing this now on the, uh, you know, mom and dad sometimes have to keep things from the kids, you know, and so. Yeah, and apparently sometimes dad keeps things from mom. <laughs> so, like, they actually posted on Catholic Stuff a podcast of their own doing. Yeah, because they're our friends. So they're Catholic Stuff light. Yes. It's like the Diet Coke version of uh, Nathan Goebel. Whatever. So anyways, that's going to happen every once in a while because we want to be consistent. Every Thursday is our plan to get the uh, podcast out to you. And uh, again, we are uh, grateful for uh, a couple of things. First off... First off, because I'm actually speaking into the right now you're speaking side, the of the right side of the microphone. <laughs> our technological... The keyboard wasn't working for the last half hour, so it never ends. That's um, great. But, <laughs> but we are... Uh, um, we're so grateful for a lot of the emails we got from the last podcast on the truth. Um, such like kind, generous, thoughtful words. So thanks for your response. Thanks for your reception of that. Um, it was just amazing to, to hear from so many of you. We're happy that uh, so many of you, had, it um, spoke to your experience, that we're not the only ones uh, in situations like that. So thanks, uh, thanks again for that. That's right. I'm fresh off a silent retreat, so I could just talk for the next half hour straight. So you better get, get some words in here. And I'm fresh off of not being on silent retreat, so I'm probably even more amped up. The one thing that's good about being off silent retreat is that um, when you go on silent retreat, you usually get one song stuck in your head. And uh, they handed me a book on the first day, and the title of the book was Too Deep for Words. And instantaneously, I had stuck in my head that great 80s love song, More Than Words, by the band Extreme. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And it was on repeat for the next five days. How's that go? More than words is all I have to do. Something like that. And uh, to so I'm make it real. So I'm happy to be uh, be out of silent retreat, so that I don't have to hear that on repeat anymore. Yep. So that's for our listeners who are probably like late 30s. That's a little ahead of our time. But yeah. Father Brian Larkin, I think he well, likes to play that one. Well, for says, our, our under 15 crowd, <laughs> the song that's currently stuck in my head is "Turn Down to What." <laughs> Which I think is just so funny and obnoxious, but you know, whatever. Turn down for what? 
Is that the, what it is? I think so. Turn down for what? Um, well, we can't sing it because it would like uh, make our machine clip. <laughs> so uh, first off, uh, I have to give a big thank you because uh, I was kind of stuck in my rectory for quite some time in terms of just you get in a grind. You're just constantly going between the parish, the rectory, the parish, the rectory, the cemetery, the parish, the rectory. Um, and it had been quite some time before I had visitors. Um, and I mean, people would come down and visit, but nobody was like actually coming to visit for an extended period of time. And then I just got a plethora of people, Father uh, Raymond Garonsky, our, um, our spiritual father and friend, he came into town to baptize Brandon Smith's baby in the Tridentine Rite, so I have absolutely no idea how that went. Um, but he was down, he stayed, and then the next night, my brother, Michael, came in, and, you know, side note, John and I had actually secretly hoped that Mike would be willing to do a podcast with me. He's my older brother, he listens to the podcast, he's like totally embarrassed, and his ears are turning red right now, but um, he was a little too chicken to, to get... <laughs> To get behind the mic. He was like, I was like dead serious. I was like, Mike, let's do this. It'll be awesome. And he's like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but this is what my brother did, that all of you need to salute him. And uh, if you ever see him or um, you know meet him, you owe him a beer. Because he asked me, what do you want to do on my last day here? And we had great plans of going golfing and maybe you know going up to Pikes Peak and whatever else. And I looked at the podcasting equipment that was still strewn all over my living room yes. with cords everywhere. And I'd already moved uh, the chapel that was in the smaller room upstairs. And I had envisioned long before my brother got there, at some point I want to move everything into that room. And so uh, we did that literally for two and a half hours. We moved we moved everything out of here, moved uh, the chairs in, set up the podcasting equipment, and then spent about 45 minutes trying to figure out why the monitor's not working. <laughs> and it was the strangest thing. Like, I plugged it in exactly where it was last time, and uh, and then eventually we got it working. And then um, and then he said, uh, uh, we need to go. I was like, what? And he's like, it's 12, or it's 1130, and his flight was at 1. Oh, my gosh. So, um we uh, took a quick shower, separate. Uh, we are brothers, but uh, you know we're, we're not into days of bathing together. We're not into water conservation. Um, and then uh, and then we ran off to Chick Fil A, and then he headed out. and And honestly, this is a pretty sweet room. I was I was fairly excited about it, and so hopefully, like we're not like continually having problems with our equipment. But we say that every time. We and, say that every and week. And then today the keyboard wouldn't work. That's so. right. But we're, we're, we're rolling now, so we're good. We're off. We're so off we're and running. Off. And so we got a topic. We do have a topic. Okay, let's get to it. So um, this one's not terribly deep and <laughs> frankly not extremely well-researched. But, you know, sometimes you just need a little snack pack. You know? Like, you don't need a scrumptious meal. You just need a snack pack. So this hopefully will be a snack pack for all of us. Trade you that banana for that snack pack. Can you name the movie? Uh, Billy Madison. Billy Madison, okay. Uh, if you don't go to school, you're going to have to help me shave my armpits. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I thought it was fascinating. A few weeks ago, we had, uh, on Sunday, we bumped the normal Sunday, uh, like the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, for 
the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. That's right. So normally, the Exaltation of the Holy Cross is a feast, and this feast is so important to the life of the church that we actually bump the normal Sunday, which is always the a, a re... Uh, a, a little Easter of sorts. So we're celebrating again the resurrection of Christ on that Sunday. Okay? Yeah. But instead, we say, this is so important that we're willing to say, we're going to put the exaltation of the Holy Cross on that day. So I'm celebrating Mass on the Feast of the Holy Cross and just loving it because uh, I had a major conversion moment, not like my actual conversion, but like a real true encounter with the Lord on the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross in 2004. I think, when I was in Fargo. So ever since then, it's like, I kind of celebrate. Holy Cross, big day. Holy Cross, which is nice. Like, I hope that all of you have certain days in the life of the church where you, in you know, like treat yourself to an extra Dairy Queen or something. Um, because we can, we're, it's not just about like Easter and Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving, like, and then Super Bowl, like those are the major like high points. Like you have certain days in your life, like your baptismal day, your confirmation day, maybe some day where you had a really spectacular encounter with the Lord or with a friend or whatever else, and you should remember it. History matters. All right, so this is what we pray um, in the uh, morning prayer for the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. I want to show, um, at least you know, at some point getting to my point, how important the cross is in the life of the church um, and the humanity of Christ that he as a, as God assumed humanity so that he could actually become mortal because God can't die um, but when he becomes man he's capable of dying right? Yep. And since he is human and not just like this robot he has a mother and his mother is connected with him why is the monitor off <laughs> hang on hang on folks just stand by with from this from this commercial break okay it's still recording the monitor just went to sleep i feel like a new parent where like every single time the baby does anything different it's just like oh my god is it choking is it gonna die and then it's like nope it's just sleeping i'm like okay let's go back um so since he's, since he's human and he has, has a mother and his mother goes with him, at the same time that the exaltation of the Holy Cross is a high point in the liturgical life of the church and a high point in the Christian life where we celebrate and venerate the cross by which, you know, he has redeemed the world. The very next day, we celebrate what? Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows. Beautiful. And instead of just saying... Um, oh, isn't it so great? And then let's just go on with our lives. We stop, and the day after that, we say, although the cross is the high point, it was really hard for those that were closest to him. And Our Lady's sufferings and Our Lady's sorrows, in part, helped uh, redeem us, that she stood present alongside Christ. So just listen, listen to the church's language, Okay. This is the, this is the, these are the antiphons for the Psalms uh, for morning prayer of the Feast of the Exaltation. To destroy the power of hell, Christ died upon the cross. Clothed in strength and glory, he triumphed over death. And next, the Lord hung upon the cross to wash away our sins in his own blood. How splendid is that blessed cross. And finally, um, 
How radiant is that precious cross which brought us our salvation. In the cross we are victorious. Through the cross we shall reign. By the cross all evil is destroyed. Alleluia. And so, uh, and this is, this is the prayer uh, for Mass for that day. O God, who willed that your only begotten Son should undergo the cross to save the human race, grant we pray that we who have known his mystery on earth may merit the grace of his redemption in heaven. The cross was a definitive historical event and a, an event in history that has effects eternally um, and for all of time. And the cross matters because Christ has a humanity. So our access into the divinity of Christ is something that is only possible through his humanity. And his humanity is one that was that suffered. And so he suffers himself, and he suffers this agony himself, but he doesn't do it alone. He does it in uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Not just the eternal relationship that he has with his father, that he never loses um, in spite of the sufferings that he goes through, but he also suffers with another, his mother. Um, so at the same time uh, that you know he goes through all this, we then come to the feast of or the memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows. Listen to how different the the words are that we say. My soul clings to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Second, let us rejoice that we have been made sharers in Christ's passion. And finally, it has pleased the Father to reconcile all creation in himself through the blood of Christ. And then the, the prayer. O God, who willed that when your Son was lifted high on the cross... His mother should stand close by and share his suffering. Grant that your church, participating with the Virgin Mary in the Passion of Christ, may merit a share in his resurrection. Amen. So the photo that we chose for this podcast is a picture of Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, I didn't want to cut you off. Did I cut you off? Mm-mm. I'm going to start going down a different trail I, here. I just talked for a long time. That's all right. I need I, a drink. I usually, I, I slam that uh, chartreuse. The... Um, and uh, so I was praying on this silent retreat, and I was having a hard time kind of finding a spot to just, I just wasn't feeling it, you know, just singing more than words in my head. I was just like, man, this is just not working, this retreat. And Father Goronsky, our spiritual father, uh, said, you got to go down and check out this chapel, Our Lady of Sorrows, in Marytown, Mundelein, Illinois, right by the seminary. And that's where the photo's from. And it's absolutely stunning. It's mm-hmm. just a stunning place. Um to pray there, and I spent a lot of hours there because I just felt uh, a lot of consolation. But there's two things that I thought were interesting. Number one is that when I was praying with John 19, all right, so the crucifixion according to John, he says when Jesus looked, he saw his mother standing by the cross and the disciple standing by the mother. And then he says, mother, behold your son, and to the disciple, behold your mother. But I thought was interesting about that is it wasn't they're they're both standing next to the cross. Yep. It's the mother's next to the cross, and the disciple is next to the mother. And I think what that said to me was that Mary is completely and deeply configured to the cross of Jesus entirely spiritually. And so we recognize her sorrow at the moment of the cross as the most definitive relationship to the cross. And I think what it what it reveals is is to take Mary as mother to receive that from Christ personally means to recognize that Mary you have to kind of go through Mary to get to the cross of Jesus mm-hmm. to really understand it and you have to enter into the sorrow of Mary to even try and understand and make sense of your own cross and it was a totally different thing for me because 
as a guy, it's just kind of like suck it up and suffer with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's just like suck it up, take yeah. your assignments as a priest. Um, okay, the keyboard doesn't work. Whatever it is, the chartreuse isn't as strong because it's the light. There's two different kinds of chartreuse. Whatever the the yeah. crosses of your life are, but it um, it was just a different approach to say like allow it to enter into Mary's configuration to the cross and to see your own life in relationship to that. So I thought that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, um, today's the Feast of St. Bruno, and Bruno's got that famous and wonderful line, mm-hmm. Stat Cruz Dum Volvitor Orbis. Yep. The cross stands firm while the world turns. While the world turns. While the world revolves, the cross stands. Yep. And so it's interesting to consider that the exaltation of the cross... Yes, it, the cross is the glory for the Christian, but that's because Christ's will was so deeply identified with the will of the Father that it literally stands perfectly while the rest of us are kind of spinning, Yeah, uh, still spinning in kind of the chaos of the fallout of the cross and whatever it might be. And um, Mary is anchored to that cross more deeply. Yeah, And so if you're suffering, you know, and even like what we talked about in the podcast on the truth two weeks ago, what we've been through these last uh, number of months, like, um, you just feel like you're spinning, spinning and spinning. And, the, and then until you kind of cling to the cross and you have to do it through Mary, there really is no stability that's happening while suffering. You know, the next podcast we're going to do is on Maximilian Colby and uh, his devotion to the Immaculata is just, it's just, I was so convinced by it because it allowed him to suffer um, really unthinkable, unthinkable experiences in, in Auschwitz, but because his heart was so fixed uh, and it stood so still mm-hmm. in the cross of Jesus. We were talking a little earlier today about uh, asadia, or achadia, the, the virtue of spiritual sloth, which we both struggle with in different ways. Um, sorry to make a confession for you as well. I should mm-hmm. say I struggle with. I but struggle with. It's an ability to enter into God's rest is how uh, St. Thomas defines. That's uh, achadia. Yeah. An inability to enter into God's rest. Right. And in, in some ways it's an inability to allow your heart to rest in the midst of suffering. The cross stands while the world turns. And the reason why Mary is capable of standing isn't just that there was nowhere else for her to go, um, and she just found her way to the cross. There was nowhere else she would rather be than suffering with her son. And uh, that's where the song that we sing, usually on Good Friday... Um, if you're making the procession uh, of the of the cross, like you know the pilgrimage of the cross, um, usually between the stanzas you're singing the Stabat Mater, which is Mary stands right. Mm-hmm. There was standing Mary, the mother, um, which it comes from that John 19, um, and she in that is a mother full of sorrow and full of pain, um, but one that isn't saying, God, I wish I wasn't going through this, or um, why does, why is this happening to me, and turning it in on herself. She's wholly focused on her son and uh, the reconciliation that he is um, bringing through his body. So it's, again, like the body that she gave him, because he takes everything of who he is from his mother, um, from his, in, in his humanity, um, it's all from Mary. And so she gave him this body. Um, and this body is the one thing that he offers, I mean, in union with his soul, I guess, um, 
on the cross for us, and it's through his body that we have the access to his divinity, his humanity. And um, it's not just that he was a good person and, and he showed us through this action that, you know, we all need to be good people. He offered his body and his soul, his entire humanity, which he received from his mother to the father. And so Mary finds her place next to the cross in part because she wants to be crucified and suffer with her son. And that's kind of the fulfillment of the prophecy of Simeon. You you too, uh, a sword will pierce. Um, It's not just that Christ suffers, we exalt him, and then, um, man, it's so great that he did this wonderful thing and then forget everybody else. Um, uh, On a side note, you know, there's that rap song or hip-hop song that's like... um, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, you know? Mm-mm. Run and tell everybody. <laughs> you can tell everybody. Run and tell everybody. I'm this the must, man. This I'm must not man, be a late man. No, this is this that, is recent. That's but all, like they all were I know is like, they were playing it during like if it's not the Nelly days, then yeah. you know, I, I don't know. One of those sorry. montages of like the NFL football, you know, like where they're like showing like all these great, you know, catches and in part I'm thinking about this because John preached about this yesterday. At mass at my own parish, um, maybe we'll explain to that later in the next podcast. But he was, you know, talking about how these people make these great acts through, you know, sports and everything, and then we just want to like, you know, give them accolades and everything. But then you look at the chunky soup commercial, and what do they want to do? They want to show like these men didn't come from anywhere. They they have mothers They're from the mamas. Yeah, they have mamas, and what did their mamas do? They gave them chunky soup, and then they were able to do these great things. Jesus had Mary. And in order for him to do the greatest act in human history, which we exalt and acclaim and give thanks to God for, he didn't do it alone. It's not that he was a, he was a pioneer um, all by himself and like he you know chartered uh, the path on the Oregon Trail and then made it all by himself and just says, "Oh, isn't that awesome?" Like right. he had people around him, and yeah, his own arm brought about the victory, um, but he 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 didn't do it alone. I don't know. One of the interesting things to consider also is, like you're saying, about his humanity being received in his body from from the, his mother. Balthazar's big on this, but he says that um, a child comes to know of the mother before it comes to know of himself. And he's talking about the entirety of human existence, that b- before a child recognizes I am, it recognizes that the mother is, and that mother is love. Yep. And that's the first thing that comes to realize. So like I was looking at Jackson John yesterday, five months old, right? My nephew, and we baptized my niece, Madeline May, yesterday. Uh, they're in a process of um, of actually coming to understand who the other is before they come to know themselves. And it's only in the experience of the other that they know themselves. So it's interesting to consider that Christ in his humanity... Okay, hopefully Keith Kenny's not listening here. You know, questions of the knowledge of Christ and mm-hmm. the, the relationship of humanity and divinity. Okay, setting all that aside, a child, a human child, comes to know of himself through the experience of first knowing the mother, which means that Christ in his humanity in some way, to some extent, understood the love of his mother before his own ego in terms of his humanity, mm-hmm. which is an amazing thing to consider that she brings that about. She brings about his human eye, so to speak, yeah. from the very moment. And she walks with him through the entirety of that. Yeah. And then at the foot of the cross, receives him back uh, 
into her arms, you know. I think of the Pieta from Michelangelo. Yeah. Well, and the Our Lady of Sorrows that is the cover picture for this podcast, like you were showing me, she receives she receives the body of her son in the same way that, that she brought him forth from from herself. I mean, she gave birth to him, received him from God um, through the angel, uh, Gabriel. She also offers him back with him on the cross. Like, you know, she's performing, a, if I can say, priestly act. Right. She's offering the son back to the father, um, and Christ is offering himself. And then at the end of it, you know, she she receives the the dead, limpid body of her son, who at one point was this strong, masculine like icon, and now is um, uh, he's totally uh, abased. And that was one of the things I loved about that, that the image that's uh, that's posted on the podcast um, at Marytown is a uh, he's it's a strong body. Like you can see his strength, and we're not talking like turbo strong, like Mega Man Jesus. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like the uh, National Basilica. That's right. Oh my gosh, in DC. Yeah, it's like I don't know, Mega Man, wasn't Superman? That? Yeah, Super, he's just like yeah, he's so like, jacked. That, it's not like that kind of thing. It's it, but he's just you can see his strength, and he's being held, and the way he's being held by her, it's really just a stunning thing. So if you live in the Chicago area, definitely get get over to to Marytown to just to just be in this chapel. There's a Marian presence there that's that's unlike anything I think I've ever experienced. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So the final note is cuz I don't know. I don't know if you got anything out of the podcast. I just thought it was interesting. Um the final note at least for me is we have to go through our lives in I I mean as who we are. And we can't be more than who we are. And that means we have to be human. Humanity means that we have relationships, family, friends, uh, a community, whatever. Sometimes those communities fail. Sometimes the family fails. Sometimes friendships fail. Sometimes uh, the larger community fails. Um, But we have a heavenly community that is not just having an eternal birthday party that someday we'll get an invite to when we die and, and then we'll enter into, you know, like this celebration. They're suffering with us. Our Lady is simultaneously Our Lady of Victory, Our Lady of Grace, Our Lady of Good Counsel, whatever else, and Our Lady of Sorrows. So to to say to somebody, you know, you need to pray the rosary, you need to, you know, stay close to Mary, that can sound like it's just trite, it's, you know, just like, you know, take an aspirin if you have any any ailment. Uh, this is like spiritual aspirin. No, the aspirin. This is, um, this is... This feeds you in a way in your anthropology, not just like in divinity or piety or whatever else. Like you need a mother and you need to suffer with somebody and you need somebody who knows what it's like to suffer. Um, For so many people, like they have cancer, they have miscarriages, they have uh, lost jobs, whatever else. Yes, Our Lady didn't experience the loss of her 401k. Uh, Our Lady never experienced a miscarriage. We don't believe that Our Lady uh, ever had cancer. I mean, that's that's got it's not a dogma, but you know she didn't. Okay, um, but she suffered, and the way in which she suffered is such a deep and resounding suffering um, that she continues to be Our Lady of Sorrows, because Christ hangs on the cross um, until the end of time in some ways. 
the cross is standing, but it's not just an empty cross, you know. Um, his body is still on there, uh, and yet he reigns. His wounds are still there, and he, he reigns in glory with his mother. So, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you're having a bad day. I don't know if you're even following us, but... Uh, um, and I think the last thing I would say, just yeah. to add on to that, is that the difference between Our Lady of Sorrows is that it's only in Our Lady at the cross where Jesus gives Mary to us as mother. Yeah. That's where we receive the mother. So if, you, if you're at a place where you're like, I don't really have a devotion to Mary, this whole Mary thing kind of freaks me out, these guys talking about Mary, it's, in, it's at the cross of your life, if you're standing with Christ, that he will, he'll give you the mother and teach you how to stand uh, with him at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. Happy topic. But don't take my word for it. I think uh, that's about it. That's it. Catholic Stuff Podcast. Wait. We got to say hello to some people. Oh. Man, you almost screwed up. Whoa. I told him. I said, don't let me forget this shout out. Okay. Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson. At St. Francis Cabrini. That's right. Chatfield High School marching band. Can I have a favorite fan right now? Can I say that? I don't, well, you just met her yesterday. I know, but it was wonderful. There you go. Pam, yeah. that's for you. There's our shout out. And thanks, then, thanks for listening. And then Jack Rushoff. Jack Rushoff saved the day yesterday at Cabrini. <laughs> they all abandoned him and fled. The deacon threw out his back. My dad decided not to serve. Goebel decided not to come to Mass. Yep, and I, I was did. like, sweet. So I made a total fool myself. But his own arm brought about Jack the saved the day. I told him he'd get seminary credit for that. So, Okay. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. Laters. Thank you.